Chris, do you have, wait, I could look up, I'm looking up plague facts. Do you oh, have dude, a, I always have a plague fact. Okay, okay. Always. I'll, I'll call on you. That's, that's dude, even I, better. I grab people on the L and just like yell a plague fact at them. Nice. <laughs> Every day. With, with no mask, I hope. No yeah. mask, no yeah. mask at all. Nope, nope. Artists and pilgrims, hear me now. All the hours <laughs> you have wasted on adventures with friends, drinking and conversing, and making art and music and building weird shit. In the end, you find you have not wasted but one minute. And now, let's waste some more time in the art shed, conversing with a crew in the shed near a lake known as Maspinar. I'm Mad Carl. I'm Normal Andy. I'm producer Chris. Oh, wait, uh... And, and crack a beer. Oh, welcome to the art shed. Nice. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was a great crack. Yeah, uh, uh, Andy made I, Andy started laughing. You uh, you said pilgrims, and that totally. <laughs> yeah. up, man. I was not. I was not expecting pilgrims to appear here. Yeah, he I have no idea where the fuck that came street. from, there, Dad. Yeah, was it good or? Yeah, that was, was great. great. I'm inspired now. Let's it's waste some time. It's a Massachusetts thing. Pilgrims aren't just for Thanksgiving. Nah. Well, when I'm thinking pilgrims, I'm more thinking of yeah. like pilgrims, like like uh, like from the Middle Ages. Yeah, like you go on a pilgrimage. You go on a pilgrimage, oh, yeah. mostly like like they're going to like where do they go? San uh, San Diego? No, San. They go like, to the Waterloo <laughs> Water Park. No, they walked San that. No, no, San Dimas. Yeah, yeah. San Diego with Chile. Uh, no, not race. Chile. Yeah, with Socrates and Napoleon. <laughs> like Rouen Cathedral or something. Yeah, it's they a, they walk and, and um, yeah, whatever. Look up, look up Socrates. It's under Socrates. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of the Middle Ages. Oh, well, well, wait, wait. Oh, let's, yeah. We have a guest in the house. Oh, right, right. Go ahead. Sorry. Hey. Hey, this is... Uh, Raul Lewis Para again, correct? Yes, correct. Thank you. And yes, please correct thanks. me if I'm saying your name. No, 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 you're good. Okay, you're good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back, guys. I appreciate. Oh yeah, I know. Oh, it's been a while since we last yeah. talked. It's been it's been many moons. <laughs> many pilgrims have been lost. It's true. On this crusade <laughs> to San San Dimas, yeah. wherever wherever we are. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever Rufus puts us in the uh, time circus. Exactly. <laughs> yep. I think you were about to hit me with a plague fact, right? <laughs> oh, well, here comes the plague wagon now. Yes. Carl, Carl just segues so smoothly into everything. I love it. Bring out your dead. Let's see how long this goes for. It goes for a while. Hmm? Oh, you, you stopped it's it. Stu- no, it's yeah. stopped on its own. Because last time it went longer. Well, I was hoping Chris has a plague fact. Oh yeah, I got, I got, I got plague facts coming yeah, out of my brain. Yeah, yeah, Chris, can you throw time. another plague fact on the wagon? Yeah, I'll just puke another hit, one hit out. Hit me with that. Hit me with that plague fact. Okay, so, so I actually, I, I was thinking about this one earlier today, um, because I was kind of like, you know, now they're they're starting to lift mask masking oh, requirements, yeah. and so I was like, well, when do we end plague facts? And then I started thinking, like, when did the plague end? And, you know, the big thing that everyone thinks of is, like, the Black Death, the big die-off from, like, 1347 to 53, 54 or so. 
But that wasn't the end of it. It came back about every decade or so for another 300 years. Holy shit. And that right. was the biggest one, but it, it, the, towards the end, there was still a huge one, the um, London plague of 1666. And once again, Carl, this is from the, the, the last episode. We were dealing with 666 again. Yeah. Um, but, the only thing that ended the one in London was the great London fire. So like basically when the city burned down, there was, there were no rats and fleas left, but fire cures everything. (laughs) But for 300 years, the plague kept coming back and kept coming back. So that's just just something to think about now when people say like, when will COVID be over? And when is it done? It, you know, the plague would go away for 10, 15 years, then come back, then go away, then come back. Yeah, so we get to line up a lot of new plague facts. In a lot of cities, a lot of cities avoided the plague in the first plague. Like there's like like there was like a city they avoided the plague like the plague. No, they (laughs) (laughs) there was a city. See what you did there? Oh yeah, I said that was genius. There's a city in Italy that avoided the plague. Black Sabbath lyrics. Yeah, Milan, 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 exactly. It totally missed the first wave, but then it got hit really bad. Right. Um, because like about 10, 10, 15 years later. Yeah. I should I should look this up like because I okay. Don't hold me on this. You guys can look this up later, but this is from my memory, which is very uh questionable. But um the when the, when I was reading that plague book there was like Milan. The reason why it avoided the first plague is because like the government, like just fucking walled off the whole thing and like killed it a bunch of anybody. Oh, that's it. If you had the plague during the first plague, they would wall in your house. (laughs) And, uh, and, 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 and so you would just die in there. Like in, in, uh, in, uh, like an episode it's like playing the sims or something you know? yeah, right like yeah take away the door and then your sims get caught that that's that's what i'm thinking they did it was like it was like a t- complete tyrannical government in milan and um and they just walled out out uh, the city and if anybody got the plague they walled in your house and you're there you're, you're a corpse that's so awesome. uh so that's what i'm thinking i mean but i might have it wrong but um you know we what? can look it up later. I'm just going to choose to believe that because it's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, except and, if you're living know, it. And I don't know if you guys are aware, but we're living in like a post-truth society. So it's like, right. I just believe that that's true. And that's enough. Be- right. Because, sounds, for, yes. because First Amendment, my opinion is a fact. Right. I don't know if you know that or not. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and uh, you know, I don't have to believe anything and you're invading my rights you know right. what i mean 100 percent, dude yeah yep your yep. your your truth is invading my rights don't don't tread on me bro <laughs> we're very close to new hampshire <laughs> if i say there's a basement in that pizza place there's a basement there's a basement <laughs> listen i feel like there's a basement there so that's what's important is how i feel about it <laughs> Carl, there's something <laughs> something new in the shed. Well, I was like, what is this button for? <laughs> the one that says 666. <laughs> Holy that's moly. Fantastic. I love it. That's the Your Soul is Mine button. Yeah. Classic. 
<laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm I'm in the presence of some deadites. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you, you set up all those uh, buttons? <clears throat> I did, and it, well, okay. <laughs> this is the you we we want a little behind the scenes as we are like um, loading everything up and trying to technically get it i'm like i need to bring out your dead thing i didn't have that i was gonna press the button earlier and you guys like luckily you guys stopped me but for a different reason but i didn't even have the button to bring out your dead button to press so I, i'm like i need to upload it and and there's a bunch of weird sounds on my computer and i uploaded that one first and then i <laughs> uploaded the bring out your dead so uh, yeah, behind the scenes. That's behind the scenes. That yeah. complete chaos behind the scenes. How, the, uh, how yeah. the how the sauce the shed sausage is made. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's something. Have you ever made, Chris? Have you ever cooked a uh, shed sausage? I know. I should make a shed sausage though. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that just fun to say? It is yeah. shed sausage. I've actually made what? made sausages. You know, I'm, what, oh, what would you put in a shed sausage? Plague. <laughs> yeah, definitely the plague. Maybe to paint. Oh you know, yeah, I, dude. Some beer. Acrylic. I think you, you'd Spilled have to beer. actually close off the shed and oh, start someone, a small. Someone's walling off the shed right now. Yeah. yeah, and start a small fire in the center to make it a smokehouse. <laughs> so it'd have to be a smoke sausage, and you'd have to smoke the whole shed. And oh, that's pretty yeah. smart. Yeah, but all the paintings would smell like smoke. Well, you'd have to make some special paintings designed to be smoke scented. I could, I could take them out of the shed, I guess, and just make sausages. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just paint some sausages. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then smoke it, and then it's like you know, like four D art. <laughs> yeah. It's like a sausage <laughs> like, party here. It's like, oh man, this doesn't it smell like sausage in here. It's like, nah, dude, that's just the artwork. That's how good we are. <laughs> I yeah, I feel yeah, I feel like I'm at a barbecue at this painting. Mm. Yeah, you could do paintings of barbecues, and then we could smoke them all in the shed. Yeah, and be like forty. Yeah, you know things. that would be good. That would be good. This is a this this painting. I'll have a barbecue painting, and then it smells like smoked sausage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. that would work. I think actually. Yeah, and then I could. Could be like, yeah, smell this painting. It smells like smoke sauce. Scratch and sniff, dude. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't even have to scratch it. And then, <laughs> I I actually had a had an issue years ago when I went into work, and um, it was like raining for a few days, and so when I was grilling, I had this huge umbrella, um, and I had it over my shoulder protecting the grill when I took the lid off and I cooked outside, did all this stuff, and then the next day. I went into work and I brought the umbrella with me and someone, there were people from IT walking around our whole department trying to figure out what was burning. And <laughs> it was my it's umbrella. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, so when we were in high school, like, so this was pre, like, like we, people had computers, but they, and they would play video games, but they would play, like, Civilization. You know, like, so you'd, oh, yeah. si you'd sit up and play a whole so but I didn't, I mean, I played Civilization, but I didn't really. Most of my time I spent in the woods. And uh, when I was in high school, like, I literally would, like, 
go to yeah, like Carl the woods. Play Lord of Flies. Go to the woods, <laughs> and and uh, in my uh, there'd be a a fire going at all times, even in the dead of winter, and we'd have like a keg or a or some sort of beers, and I'd be like walk walk up. There was like like and, and you didn't know where the the where and it wasn't even. I wouldn't even call some of these things parties. It was just like my buddies. You didn't know where they were. Like, like they could be one of a couple different places in the woods. And you'd roll up, and you'd just drink beers in the woods, and and um, and then you'd smell like smoke, like because you'd be around a fire. And I'd I'd only wear flannel shirts back then, so so um, I smelled like smoke. Like uh, it's just like a like in the next morning you'd wake up and you'd take a shower and you'd smell the smoke. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like in the shower. We and should, the, we should bottle that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, I would drink pine. I would drink not pine needles, but I'd drink be- <laughs> Budweiser in the. I drink Budweiser in the woods, and pine needles would fall in my Budweiser, so it'd give like a piney taste nice. to it nice. so it's kind of like you know Budweiser was disgusting yeah so it's kind of like a, a piney hop to it yeah right so that's <laughs> probably why I like IPAs yeah Carl I, I think you, you might be hitting upon some great uh, brewing ideas no yeah. I mean it, it was like a fake IPA I guess like without and I didn't even know what an IPA was back then well the know? P stands for pine in that yeah. case. Yes, yes. I pine a Sorry, guys. Hey, Brett, on the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, no. I, I, I'm just. I can kill in, conversations. Trying to take in everything that Carl yeah. says. So, but... so, we have Raul on the podcast again. And uh, last time you were here, we talked about music a lot, but you do more than music. Uh, you know, you're also an artist. And uh, you want to talk a little bit about your art, your technique? Oh my God! Uh, technique. That's a maybe. That's talk a little look. bit about your art first, and then we can get into. Yeah, technique, technique is uh, that's a stretch. Um, well, art wise, uh, like I said, I just I just kind of started. Uh, I had said previously in the in the last episode um, that kind of took off about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, prior to a little bit prior to, to COVID and all, and all the shutdowns and, and all that. Um, and that kind of grew out of a, out of a music frustration, mm-hmm. um, not being able to, uh, to like, you know, it's hard to hold a band together, man. Um, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a marriage with, uh, like a five people. Uh, yeah. This is legit. Um, so it can be, it can be kind of tough, you know, and, I wanted to find a way to be creatively selfish without hurting anyone's feelings or, uh, <laughs> you know, although art can definitely hurt people's feelings. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to, uh, to be sort of tyrannical uh, to my bandmates and, and I could, was kind of taking a breather. Um, so the art uh, sort of just started, just happened. Um and as far as technique goes, I have no clue as to what I'm doing. Uh, I just kind of just start putting paint on stuff and I, and I see kind of what happens. I, I, I tend to, if I get an idea and I try to make it happen, I, I'm not skilled enough to really make that happen. 
Um, so it kind of turns out pretty bad, I would say. Uh, like if I'm trying to paint a, 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 a shed sausage, for instance, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not going to come out very well. Um, so I kind of let that, let that go and, and uh, sort of embrace this kind of improv kind of attitude to, to art and, and just put some color on there, put a shape on there and um, kind of see what happens. And a lot of times uh, that gets started, it, it, it gets prompted a lot with emotion is really, it, I don't necessarily always have an idea about what I'm doing, but I definitely have like a mood right. that I'm in. And I try to uh, sort of portray that with the uh, with the artwork on the canvas. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Guys. Sure, totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah, um, it's, go ahead. Expressionism uh, type. Yeah, I mean, I'm like the worst artist in the world, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about like. I mean, I have I have some influences. I try not to, you know, when it comes to music, I steal constantly. I'm always stealing. Theft is is a part of the game, man. Like if you're not stealing, I don't know what you're doing. You know, if you're not lifting riffs and licks and um, stuff like that, but with, with the visual stuff, I try not to lean too heavy on any sort of influences that I have, although it happens. I mean, there's, yeah. I can't really get, I can't get away yeah. from it completely. You know, there's some like uh, Richard Hamilton is, is a guy that I really like. Uh, Jean-Michel uh, Basquiat is, Right. Oh, yeah, 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 I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, you know, Warhol to an extent, Pollock to an extent, um, Francis Bacon, and uh, other folks. You know, but I, I'm a terror. Like in terms of like naming periods and and like movements and stuff like that. Like I'm awful with that stuff. Like I don't. I don't. I feel like a. I, I like most of the time. I feel like a fraud or an imposter when it comes to to work but i think that's fairly common yeah that's pretty normal yeah, artists, yeah. right yeah. i hope <laughs> yeah definitely uh, so, so yeah wait. i, I god let me back up francis bacon who mm -hmm. the fuck isn't he like a like uh who's francis bacon is he like a like a? well there's there's a few there's like i hope i'm actually yeah. i couldn't even have the name wrong for all no that. i i liked it no i, li yeah. I, I like when he said it is he modern or or like uh, back in the olden days? So he's like a Brit. He's a. I'm. I'm. Uh, this is how how much he's an influence. I had to just Google him. Uh, he's a. Uh, he's a British painter. Um, I can. I can kind of. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I no, mean, yeah, I only yeah. know no, one no, no. Francis Bacon. Well, there, there's two. There's well, there's like, the philosopher, right? The, right, exactly. There's the philosopher uh, and the artist are the two big ones, and yeah, there are probably um, more of them out there. Um, Didn't but he's he, like, got found a colony or something like that, and that's probably like. Uh, I'm not sure about Go that. On. Um, <laughs> I tend to his work's pretty like um, pretty kind of morbid, um, stuff. There's some there's some stuff in the Art Institute uh, that I saw personally. I, I I couldn't even name you the works uh, off the top of my head, but uh, it's very uh very kind of dark oh. and. Um, I mean, if you can, you can Google some of this stuff. I just Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get him. A, a lot of portraits of kind of distortion. Oh, and yeah. mutation. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. a fan. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm a fan of like body horror. Right. Um, yeah. 
you know, kind of like Cronenberg yeah. or, or um, that kind of thing, or like I'm heavily influenced by like Lovecraft in like all kinds of aspects, like not just, you know, I don't really write fiction or anything. I mean, I guess if, if you don't count role-playing games, um, but that's what I mean by like, I'll get on a topic like Lovecraft or body horror and I'll get sort of a feeling from that. And then I'll go and try to s- sort of make that, make that feeling a reality. Um, and, and I don't know, it's just, it was a way to sort of, I guess, kind of there, like sort of therapeutic, mm-hmm. um, getting that stuff out in like a, in a safe place where no one's really, no one can stop me. Like no one can, you can comment, but it really doesn't matter. <laughs> ultimately. And, and I love that. I love that freedom in a way it's sort of attached to like a music jam, but it's like a one man jam. Right. No, see, see, I found like with art, like that when I, when I was like painting for like trying to do something, trying to paint for somebody else, uh, it didn't really work like, or, or it was generic. But then when I just, I mean, there was a point where I was just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm not going to yeah. try to paint to like yeah. sell something or like, I'm just going to paint for myself and just paint as weird and as, you know, do whatever the hell I want and like not listen to every, you know, people always like, Carl, why aren't you painting landscapes? I'm like, have you looked at my artwork? Like, like, I mean, there's a million better landscape painters. In oh, me. I, oh, real quick. I got to say, go uh, on. Bob, Bob Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Influence. Huge. Oh, yeah. Bob Ross is huge. Like, I love him, man. Yeah. Oh, he's a genius, but I'm not painting landscape. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. But he's, yeah. he's kind of more of a philosophy. I that's right. kind of, I look at yeah, Bob Ross as yeah. being like, like a life I, philosophy. I saw a bunch of stuff on Netflix yeah. of, of his, and he kind of gave me like sort of the balls to, to be like, okay, dude, it's a, so you made a mistake. Big yeah. deal. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it took away a lot of that. Like, well, I don't know how to paint uh, a fucking skull being eaten by maggots. Right. But Bob Ross said it's cool. So like, why don't I just do it? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but sorry, I interrupted. No, no, wow, that's no, great. not at all. No. Oh, that was awesome, dude. Yeah. I, I like hearing you talk about like moving from music to art and how you kind of like, I, like I know for myself, I, I've i been drawing my entire life. And then in my 30s, I started, I bought a theremin. Sweet. And then all of a sudden I was in a bunch of bands. Yeah. And, uh, and that was a neat transition because like I kind of went into it. Uh, being like a I was always the weird noise guy in the bands like I had some synthesizers and stuff like that and and I made my own stuff but I kind of approach it as like being an artist so I'm thinking about like composition and rhythm and and stuff like that but with with soundscapes and and stuff like that and I, I wonder if like how has your musical knowledge influenced the way you paint or has it 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 has it has um in terms of emotions a, a lot of times when we when musicians describe music um we take color and we relate them to emotions like yeah. um, like oh that's like you know that's like the blue notes right the flat 5 in in the uh blue scale is like the blue note or you hear like Eddie Van Halen's brown sound right or um 
when describing guitar tone, you know, you, oh, that's a dark tone, that's a light tone, like those those kinds of examples. Gotcha. Um, so taking that and sort of, I have sort of a, a like a, a running kind of Rolodex of colors to emotions. And I often, instead of like drawing the thing that, like this, a subject, I might just put the color in there. And right. I know what it is. But it's not necessarily in the painting, if that makes sense. Right. Um, so I think relating sort of energy and emotion, like uh, with music, either through dynamics or like a quiet and loud, and that, or like taking uh, sounds and relating them to color, I think that kind of has translated over into the artwork, if that kind of makes sense. Um, and then. Uh, also like in the process, like this isn't necessarily come across on the canvas, but, um, working like sometimes I work very fast on purpose. So like, I don't, I don't have a chance to sort of second guess myself. And I kind of relate that to, to sort of tempo and, and rhythm. It's like, if I take a second to think about what I'm doing, like I'm going to fall out of this strange rhythm. Like maybe we're playing something in like a, a complicated meter, like or a complicated uh, uh, a time signature and you, you sort of get locked in a groove. And, and if you, if you, even for a moment, like, I don't know if you've ever played along with a metronome, but like you're doing it right when the metronome disappears. Okay. Uh, and if you think, right. if you, if you think about the metronome and you hear the click, you just fucked up. <laughs> um, so I kind of try to use that feeling of like riding a drum beat or riding a groove but while I'm, it doesn't necessarily come across in like a figurative way, but it's in the work. It's in the actual process of like, do, just dip the brush and go, dude. Like, don't think about it. Do you complete a painting in one sitting? Oftentimes, yes. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. I, I rarely do that. I'm usually like painting and I need to like, like I listen to a lot of podcasts, like, mm -hmm. But when I'm painting, I'm usually listening to music because yeah, I totally agree always, with yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you on the groove. The groove has to happen, mm -hmm. and um, for me, I need to drink a beer while I'm painting. Like, like um, <laughs> I need to get in the groove. Like yeah. I need to get locked out, lock in. You know, I totally get it. Yeah, I love the idea of like creating a ritual like being sort of ritualistic about mm -hmm. something that's like super absurd. Like, right. you know, I got to get my coffee. I got to get like, maybe I'm listening to like a, like machine gun or, or a jazz totally. record. Right. Like, you know, I, I like build up all this ritual and then like, I don't know, you know, I could paint like a turd. Do, do you do this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you do this? Like if you're in the right freaking frame to like in a painting, like sometimes I'll play the same song five times in a row sure, because yeah. it brings me to the exact right place where I am in the painting. hundred percent. You do that too? Yeah. Especially like stuff that is uh, attached to memories. Yeah. Like, so going with like machine gun again, it's like, that's a very strong memory of my friend's basement. Um, you know, like the, I can still see like, like the green sort of instant institution kind of green paint like you know it's like a mental hospital color with mm -hmm. like 
uh, like a like a fog in the air and his dad collected a lot of like antiques so it's like a lot of like smoky uh weird like deer heads and like old cash registers and like i can see the room you know and like i can hear like the hissing and the and like the scratching on the record and like if i want that feeling like if i want to go back there like all i have to do is like put that song on and there's a million million of those you know like every song almost is at least one memory yeah yeah Yeah. easily so yeah totally like that's a total thing that's a and you part can, of you can have smells with with the songs too you know like like the smell 100%. of like a rug or a you know basement or whatever wherever the hell you were you know 100 yeah yeah a lot of a lot of marble reds in that mm-hmm. <laughs> when i used to smoke a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of marble red uh smell and then for a time for some reason i thought i i was like 16 years old and i thought i wanted to smoke tobacco like pipe I don't know why. Um. Like I just thought it I thought it was like the like I was gonna be the coolest fucking guy, you know? Um and uh I realized very quickly that pipe tobacco smells way better than it tastes. Oh it yeah. smells great though. Right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Like that yeah, like I what is it like cavin like cavendish or what yeah. do they call it? <laughs> like um so totally, like if there's a Hendrix record on, it's like I can kinda like I can get the and, and I have I can't believe I haven't mentioned these guys yet the doors were like an insane influence uh. on like my entire life. Even besides music, like Jim Morrison and the, and the beat poets were like, mm-hmm. um, cause I consider him. Oh, a, a fuck yeah. Poet. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was he like, was a beat poet, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, I can like, that was my first. So I got a copy of on the road from my guidance counselor in seventh grade. <laughs> and that was like the, my first, besides punk rock that was sort of my first introduction to like this alternative lives of not having to fit in totally of of being sort of operating in a system that doesn't really understand you and like so the painting now that wow i never even thought of this now that i think about it like that kerouac kind of style of like just having that giant roll of paper and just going Mm -hmm. like that's kind of like how like the painting is for me it's like you just go uh, until you see something, you know? It's a great description, Kerouac. I w- like, I'm so, I was so into Kerouac, Dharma Bums, and On the Oh, Road. dude, that was my shit, yeah. Da- Dharma Bums, fucking. Yeah. And, I read and all that shit. Neil Cassidy. Yeah, of course. Um, and then that quickly got, so, like, to me, I can see, and I'm sure to a lot of other people, I can see, like, the direct line from the beats to the counterculture of like the sixties and hippies. And then there's that, that line when, you know, Vietnam, and then it gets a little dark and that's where you get the gonzo, you know, like yeah. that Hunter S Thompson. And that yeah. leads you right into, you know, it's, it's this straight line of, if you look hard enough, there's sort of this straight line of, of um, freaks, right. you know, like just they're there, man. They're, and they've, yeah. and we've always been there, you know, and it's, but- it's sort of, you know, it's right there for you to reach out. And touch. You, you know, what's awesome is, is like when the hippies got mainstream, like in like 68, 69, like the dead left San Francisco. They, cause they, cause like, like they were like, this isn't like, we're not mainstream, you know, like we're not like doing it like a, like a thing We're we're, we're, we're trying to be ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. because I understand pu- why 
punk rock happened. And I understand why punk rock happened because it was like a rebellion against like the, the mainstream, like when they, when the hippies became mainstream, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And also it, it was kind of a response to like bands that me and Chris were, were already like a response to rush a response right. to Led yes. Zeppelin. yeah because yeah. those guys and not and i don't think they meant mm. to do this but like that type of stuff it became kind of gatekeeping right it's like if right. you don't shred like neil pert then yeah. you don't then you're not allowed to play music and right. if you don't you know rip like jimmy page then you yeah know, and a lot yeah. of the punkers didn't know how to play their instruments right like, right like right the violent and, and a lot sounds, of it, a yeah, lot of it was too, awesome. like, I, I think punk kind of could be broken into a lot of different kind of groups and reasons why people oh, were doing yeah. it, and and that the best reasons were ex- were the same reasons that people formed garage bands in the mid sixties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, that it like was, it's not a new thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. That it was kind of, and I see like I, I actually see a clear line. Like, I mean, I think the first punk band was the Kinks. Really, sure. Mm. In a that lot could be of ways. totally argued. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and also just in their attitude, kind of critical of society, and really kind of thrashing in a way. It was rock music that was getting away from the blues and was getting away from rockabilly and getting into something that eventually kind of evolved into punk. But that there was that side of punk of kind of like a DIY aspect of it. Yes. But then there was also another side of it that was kind of, I don't know, it's almost like the, and I think Sex Pistols and Malcolm McLaren kind of fell into this, where it was kind of, it was a trend. And it was about, maybe at the time, it didn't seem it as much, but it was very much about selling stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's always, you know, it's always going to, that's always going to happen. That's, you know. Yeah. That doesn't even like bum me out as much as it used to. Right. You know, like, right. Like when right. I was a, a teenager and, and more of a kid, like that word, you know, sell out and all that, that, that shit got thrown around a lot. And now that, you know, I'm the age that I am and I'm an artist, it's like, God bless them. Like good, good for you, man. Yeah. Like you made some yeah. fucking money and like, you're doing your thing and you know, do you have, do you honestly have any control over selling out? No, no. Like, you, you might know. as well roll with the wave, man. Right. If people like your stuff and want to buy it, yeah, right. I'll fucking paint more right. of those. You know, like. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, could you imagine if, like, Bach was just like, I don't know, dude, I'm kind of selling out. I think <laughs> I'm going to, like, just chill on these compositions <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah. Like. You know, yeah. like what a fucking absurd, like it, it's, it's just, it's typical like human shit. It's like, they put you in like this, this, you can't win, you know, it's like, you're the shit and we love you, but I want you to be poor. And if you fucking make any money, like go fuck yourself. I wait, hate wait, you. like, here, here's the right. thing is why can everybody else sell out, but artists can't, you know what I mean? Like, like right. artists and musicians can't sell out, but a fucking you know, uh, whatever, like you know, Starbucks, right? You, you no, know, I'm talking about like a, like a, like a guy who goes and trades, like whatever he, he goes and trades the stock market. He's basically selling out like, yeah. you know, like, like yeah. whatever, you know, but, but, uh, but an artist, like everybody gets offended when an artist makes well, money. Yeah. I, I think a lot of that is kind of a holdover from the sixties to a certain extent. 
in that and well it actually comes out of what we were talking about with the beat poets where people are trying to say i am separating from myself from society and then what happens what happened in many cases was uh, two things would happen one is that society would sort of say hey we're going to move over to where you are right right and then someone goes like because you're oh no wait a minute no i came over here to get away from everyone Right. And ah. and on one level, it is, I think, a personal thing of someone being kind of like, I'm just trying to do my own thing. Leave me alone. But then I think on another level, there's also kind of an unhealthy, almost possessiveness of it. Oh, 100 um, percent. That is yeah. that can be really toxic. But then at the same time, there are people who kind of would look at something like the beat poets and then say, like, well, let's just capture the, you know, look and feel of it and completely ignore the meaning of it. Um, and so they're selling out on that level where it's kind of like a, I, I worked in advertising. Like pure, like, oh, that's you know? that. Yeah. That, that, yeah. yes, 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 yes. But again, it's like, does anyone really have any sort of control over that? No, you don't. And I would even argue that, you know, in many ways, when people started adopting the style and ignoring the meaning, what that means is that time has moved on. That, 100%, that history's yeah. moved on and kind of the meaning of it has, you know, the spirit of that meaning may evolve into something new and different, but mm. that what was big five years yeah. ago, 10 years ago, had that something that carried a certain meaning has ceased to carry that meaning. That kind of reminds me of, there's like an Alan Watts uh, quote about like um, psychedelics. Like people are asking him like, you know, do you mix LSD with like your Zen or your meditation? And he's like, yeah, you know, I tried LSD, but once I got the message, I hung up the phone. Right. right. And I kind of right. feel like, like what you're describing, what you're saying is, is once it's, it's gotten that far, like, you know, we need to move on and you're going to yeah. be, you're going to be unhappy if you try to sort of stay in this, what was once, you know, a, a radical idea or revolutionary, you know, you're going to be, you're going to grow to be more unhappy if you think that this is the end, you know, like right. th- I have to stay you know, Metallica has to stay the same or like, right. you know, Nirvana or, you know, you pick the mega band, right. Or the mega artist, you know, like Banksy or, you know, one of the, like a, a Banksy type, you know, where it's like, I don't know, dude, like he sold out or whatever. It's like, I, sure. Right. I mean, I guess like, you know, uh, or we should just move on maybe. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, put that marker down in time, put, st- put that, pin in the timeline and be like that was that and that was great now what's next yeah yeah well you know people have a hard time with humans have a hard time with just coming to terms with the fact that the universe is chaos and yeah. we we want to you know we do our we just want to control everything and you can't well the it's other impossible. yeah the other thing is like like there's a lot of great art movements of the past that you're like you look at and you're like like if you don't know this, the meaning behind it, you're like, who gives a shit about this? But if somebody like like describes it to you, and you learn some art history, you're just like, oh, I understand why this thing that looks like a target symbol by Jasper Jasper John was so fucking important. You know what I mean? Like yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I got you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like 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 because nobody ever did it before, but but it didn't take a lot of fucking skill. It just was like original, yeah. you know. Yeah, what I, I mean? think I hundred percent, dude. I think with music and with art, 
and nearly nearly any sort of creative discipline i think um technique and skill is like super overhyped uh i think authenticity is way more important you know honest just like being honest about like what what you're doing is I like I a little can, bit. Yeah. I like a little bit of both skill and authenticity. If you get them both, try to of get course. a little bit of uh, both. Well, that's a Stevie Ray Vaughan, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So that happens like once in a fucking never. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, it's, I I would have to say it's you know I it's I will I will take you know authenticity and real emotion and and meaning with no um, technique. Before I would take technique with no meaning any day exactly. of the week, right? But yeah, sometimes exactly. people do both. Yeah, and sometimes yeah, yeah. people, you know, have have the need to learn the technique to express the meaning that they feel, and they feel that. You know, yeah, I tell my yeah. guitar students a lot. I say uh, it's like uh, you got to know the rules before you break them. Right, right. You know, like if you think you're you're doing some crazy avant garde shit. And then I show you like music concrete or, or, you know, some talking heads album or a King Crimson thing. I'm like, dude, the shit's already been done. And right, I'm not saying that right, like, right. like you, what you're doing is invalid. That's not the point of that. But what I'm saying is, is like, it, it comes down, it, it really comes down to this. Like, cause I, I have a little bit of music theory, but I have no art theory, but I have, there's a reason why you want to know that stuff. And I just haven't gotten around to it art wise, but time. Okay, we don't have a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So I can, if you don't know music theory and you're hearing like a song in your head, you can take, pick up a guitar or any instrument and you could try to bash it out, right? And just, and you will, like eventually you will. But how much fucking time do you have? Right. So if it takes you 10 years to do that or five years to do that, when I could hear something and be like, oh, that's a G major chord to an A minor chord. Boom, I'm done right and i got i got what i needed out so i think knowing some kind of skill and technique and theory is if you find yourself disappointed in your work because you're seeing or hearing things in your head and you're not getting it out it's time to hit the books right 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 and also i think too i mean the way you're describing it and and i think this is true in all art that once you have technique up to a certain point you can articulate the ideas that you have much mm-hmm. more rapidly and therefore mm-hmm. you can have better ideas ideas by honing your ideas. Yes. That, that yes. you do it once and you go, huh, okay, yeah, okay, I see what I'm doing there. You're, but let's probably, try this and let's try Yeah, this. you're probably uh, even more apt to be misrepresented or, you know, you're not going to be misrepresented uh, and misquoted as much because you're, you're going to hone it down. You know, you're going to hone that idea down to a fine point and it's going to be really yeah. hard for other people to hang their shit on your work right right you know um with music so art is is a little different with music theory and and what you're saying honing your skills that comes down to like a language thing it's like if, if we're two musicians in a room like we can communicate much more quickly and much more efficiently with chord symbols or diagrams or scales or whatever like that What's fucking weird about that is like none of that shit is music. It's just like a metric. It's just a representation. But like we need it to uh, communicate. And furthermore, I had I've been thinking of this lately. Of like when you're born, you kind of 
have music well not kind of you have music like internally inside of you you, you clap you're making noises you're doing right. whatever you know uh in terms of of uh you know look look at a baby right a baby will just sing right um music theory why should i learn music theory music theory is self-discovery okay the more yeah. we learn about music the more we learn about ourselves mm-hmm. if you're doing it just for chops you're kind of missing the point right you know like in my humble opinion right definitely and i mean it's yeah it, it helps to articulate your thoughts to yourself in many ways yeah um and that was saying you know i mean photography is the big thing is the art that I, I put the most time into studying yeah and certainly there are a lot of technical aspects of that and i definitely dove down that hole as deep as you possibly can um but i also got very much into you know composition and and it was really big to me when i was in high school i was taking photographs like at different angles and in different ways and i was like wow this is really new and this is kind of wild and my photography teacher was like oh my god you know what you have to look at and he showed me all of these photos by this uh, russian photographer rodchenko um and i was kind of like oh my god that's what i'm doing and it felt really good to me i was kind of like oh wow okay cool so i figured out something that actually is a big deal this guy figured it out too and i'm like okay what's the next thing i'm going to figure out um, and there can be something really good that I, I still, even from the early high school days, when I take a photograph, I still use those techniques and that knowledge that I had then. Um, but I've just added so much more to it over yeah. time. Yeah. And it's like a way of connecting, right? It's right. like I, in that moment, you feel less alone. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because absolutely. you thought you were the only guy with this sort of angle on something and and then you see that you know somewhere in the past or you know whatever what have you there's there's another person that feel felt the way you felt and that kind of gets back to that elma combo thing in the last episode where it's like you could be discouraged by that if you look at it the wrong way right or you could be fucking inspired by it and see that there's like this narrative there there you know humans are fucking weird. Like, why are we doing creative anything? Yeah. It's, and it's, to me, it's just about narrative, right? It's about having a story and saying that we were here. And that's some powerful stuff. When you like, if I paint something and then I look at a a Basquiat and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like we kind of have a similar bent on, you know, a similar outlook or something. You know, you feel less alone in the world. Right. Exactly. But, it, but uh, you know, like, like the um, the whole thing you brought up with Alan Watts is, is he used to say, because his talks were like art, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? In in definitely, dude. But but he used to say like, don't don't listen to me and live your life by what I'm saying. He goes, it's just like a bird singing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like um. I'm just doing my thing just like a bird sings. And, and I think like, like we're animals, right? We, yeah. humans are animals and we just like, we just do things <laughs> like, like we, yeah. Yeah. And, and like a lot of stuff <laughs> we, we do can be traced back to instinctual 
um, things from a long, you know, I'm big on, I don't know if you guys realize this, I'm big on like Neanderthals and, and like, like, like evolution and, and, um, and where we've come from. And a lot of it is like, like, uh, everybody, you know, we're part of the animal kingdom We're you know, you know, we, our genes are like, like a, like 99.9% like a monkey. You know what I mean? Like, so, right. so for us to say we're separate from the animal kingdom and we don't have instincts and, and, um, like is, is bullshit. So yeah. maybe we, we're just, you know, you're creating art just like a bird sings. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I feel you. The Alan, Alan Watts also like getting the, to your point of like, you know, being an animal and being a part, he's like, you know, we're, we're, what did he say? He's like, we're of this, we, we're not on this world, we're of it or something, totally. something like that. Like, yeah, just, just as the apple tree apples, the uni, the earth peoples, exactly. right? That's like, that's an Alan Watts thing. You know? Totally. And, and sort of removing the illusion of separateness. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, is, is, a something that really stuck with me, uh, you know, I read the first book of his that I read was like Wisdom of Insecurity. And then I read the book and a couple other things. But that that theme and his talks, I have like an external yeah. hard drive somewhere with like legit dude, like 30 fucking gigs of like his well, lectures. Like, I listen to Alan Watts all the time, dude. He, I listen to him while I'm painting, too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All yeah, the yeah. fucking time. He, um, he, he like is he can just describe things that you're thinking. Oh, it's unreal. And most yeah. of the time I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like when you're laughing because it's true, yes. it's different. Yes. Okay. So I'm glad you brought that up. Kind of side note, but sort of related getting back to machine gun. Right. Uh, me and my buddy, Dave Johnson, uh, I, who I listened to a lot of music with, he was a huge influence on me as a musician. Um, we often, like would listen to like we knew something was good when we would just fucking start laughing at like it's like like you hear hendrix do like some kind of crazy you know dive bomb fucking feedback fiasco and like we would both unprompted both of us would just start laughing at the same time (laughs) because it's like it's joy it's just right pure joy it's ridiculous like why is this happening right now? Like, why is a human capable of this? It's, and it's joy because you get it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't know. I, I just, I'm happy to just experience it. You know, like that's good enough for me. I don't even need to know why. I think, um, I think Alan Watts is like a Hendrix of the, of the English language, the way he just he can turn a phrase man turn a phrase and you're just yeah. like oh yeah oh yeah i feel that that's how i like like this is um <laughs> i wish i could remember this word he he uh he says this um word it's like an a german word um that means it's like Goethe. Oh, crap i I have to pause it. It's one of those awesome, like, compound German words. It's like a mean, German that word that... like, everything. Goethe Vedanka or something like that. I, I, I uh-huh. can't remember it. I, I'll never remember it. But I knew her. It, but I knew it, her in high school. It, it means, it means like, <laughs> like, something in the tip 
of my mind that I can't put a finger yeah. on. Yeah. 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 I, I, and uh, that's what it means. You know, I, I, I wish I could remember that. Well, I feel like right. what what he does is sort of like, like if you think of like The Exorcist, right? Like every every Exorcist film you've ever seen, it's like we're gonna we're gonna uh, get to the bottom of this evil by knowing its name, right? And it's like Alan Watts does the same thing, but the reverse side of the spectrum. It's like we can we can if we can give a name to this feeling, then we can start to sort of like. All right, all right, I get it, I get it. Yeah. A, get laid on me. A a a hinter gerdanken is a thought. Is a thought way, way, way in the back of your mind, something that you know deep down but can't admit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can, can you read what that says? Hinker Hinker Verdanken. Hinter Gedanken. Hinker How close was I? How close was I? I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. So how close was I when I thought of when I tried to remember what the word was? How how close was I? Not at all. Or how did you look that up, Andy? Uh, I just looked up that's, Alan Watts' German word. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's my favorite shed sausage. Yeah, Hinker Gedanken. That's what we have. Hinker Gedanken. Yeah, absolutely. I think good name. We might have to name the episode Hinker Gedanken. Yeah, that's definitely a pork sausage. Yeah. Oh, for sure, dude. For sure. It is a shed. It is a shed sausage because it's like the the whole episode ground into a sausage. There it is. Found it. See, look, that was a perfect example. Of just throwing paint at the fucking canvas till something happens. Yeah, exactly. Like, we did it. Done. We we yeah. should probably wrap End up this here. episode here. Right? I mean, we gotta wrap this one up. All right. Well, Raul, what's your uh, website again? If you want to promote. Uh, it. So it's uh, RaulLewisPar.com. Uh, right now, it's it's in its primitive s- stages. It's just my artwork. It actually just feeds directly from my Instagram. Um, it's it's basically a gallery because. I just didn't want to put a bunch of bullshit on there. It's like, if you like the images, click on them, contact me. You know, I can, I can talk to you about the work. I can sell you the work. Like I, I just, I just wanted to be as authentic as I could. So that's the website. Uh, the Instagram handle is, let me make sure I'm reading this correctly. Um, sorry guys. No problem. We'll, we'll edit it out. The pauses. Yeah. We'll edit out your, uh... your website. So, <laughs> classic uh raul lewis para art uh and then there's an underscore uh archive so i have uh all my work that's fit for what i consider to be uh viewed uh is there and um yeah i'm playing uh bass in this band called evil burrito we're playing all over chicagoland that's 80s and 90s you know kind of pop stuff it's a lot of fun my blues band uh the review is is on hiatus right now um until all this stuff kind of blows over right so that's what i got going on in in my neck of the woods wow cool all right uh chris i'm a live fire cook on instagram livefirecook.com live fire cook on twitter live fire cook madcow.com madspiral.com carl Rostano on instagram carl Rostano on facebook look me up and I am uh, AndyRestino.com. You find links to my Instagram, YouTube, all that kind of jazz. Nice. And if you have a hanker for Dankin, 
<laughs> uh, if you want to stay in the art shed, you can't. Get the hell out of the art shed. Well, thank you guys. I just yeah. want to say thank you. Yeah, if you stay in the art shed any longer, we're going to board you in here. Yeah. Till yeah, the plague's we'll, over. We'll <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Raul Lewis Para, for being our guest on the show. Thanks to Carl and Chris for helping host the show. Thanks to uh, Andy Sinispago and Ed Guild for the Mad Carl Stomp. Thanks to everyone listening to the show. We'll see you next week.